Hawks Hawks Live. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer. Say it with your chest! It's time to talk that talk with Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer on Hawks Live. One hour down, one more to go. We always start off the 8 o'clock hour with this segment, Talk That Talk. Going to throw out some topics. Mm. Moore and I are going to debate them a bit. You guys decide who wins. You guys decide. I think, by the way, I'm going to be like uh, Tennessee uh, Titan left tackle last week. I just, I'm just going to humble myself. Yeah, I, th- <laughs> I, think, I think you beat me last week. Think so? Yeah, I do. Man, for Moyer to admit defeat is huge. That's huge. I didn't say you knocked me out. <laughs> Went to the scorecard. All right. Yeah. First topic for you, Moyer. Question. Yeah. When Russell Wilson finally retires, Shane Waldron will be his best offensive coordinator. So many ways to go with that question. Yes. One is what does best mean? Because um, we got to go back 2013-14 with two Super Bowls. Granted, we won with defense at the time in a running game and you know whatever we want to call game manager with Russell Wilson. But that was pretty good offensive coordinator at the time to take what you have and go win. Mm-hmm. At the same time, last year, Shoddy is the most successful offense coordinator we ever had as far as points go. Yep. You know, they set a record there, and it was obviously the first half of the season that got most of that. So I'm not sure which direction we go on the best, but I, I'm i going to say yes, okay. and here's why. Because I think the relationship between uh, Shane Waldron and, and Russell Wilson is special. I think that the respect there and, and both being somewhat like-minded in their thought process. Now, what I don't know is how much do we get him for? Mm-hmm. I'm talking about Shane Waldron. I mean, if they have unbelievable success, they're not keeping him as an offensive coordinator. Look, Pete's 70. So maybe in four or five years, is Shane head coach material? Does he get a chance somewhere else? So there's a lot of things that go into play there. But I'm going to say yes, because I think we're in a system right now that Russell Wilson has a chance to really thrive in. Okay. I'm going to say no. And I'm going to say no because when it's all said and done, say 10 years from now, fans are going to look back at the stats and the season. They're going to say, clearly Schottenheimer was his best Offensive coordinator, the records, the um, was the total yards for a franchise during a season. Scheinheimer set that. Now, in the present, we're looking at this and we're like, this offense is what it should be, right? In the present. So I think the further away we get from the present, especially after when Russell retires and we're looking back at history, we're going to look at the numbers, or at least the analysts are going to look at the numbers and say, no, he had his best years with Schottenheimer, unless Shane wins a Super Bowl with this football team. I don't know if they're going to win a Super Bowl. I think they're contenders. But one thing that I do know right now is that Schottenheimer had the best offensive year as a coordinator any other coordinators had. We didn't like the play calling. We didn't like the way things were set up. But they're going to look at numbers, not going to look at tape. All right, so I'm I'm going to combat you a little bit on that. Okay. So if we're looking at purely numbers, and you're right, 10 years from now, they go, oh, look at these numbers. We're about to have a 17-game season. Mm. And Russell Wilson right now is on pace for 68 touchdowns. 68. Over 17 games, <laughs> and he's completing 78% of his passes. And you remember that's one thing he's always wanted. He's mm-hmm. wanted to complete 70% of his passes. He was on pace on that early last year. The reason why I say yes, and again, not to have the last word, feel free, but 
Um, it's I think the system allows them to complete those seventy percent passes okay. with still taking the ball deep. Okay. So again, it's one game. Yeah. But um, I like what I see. So if far. he does not get an MVP under Shane Waldron, they're going to go back to Shineheimer. <laughs> we, remember, we don't want him to be an MVP. Hadn't had an MVP win the Super Bowl in over That's twenty true. years. You'll take, you'll take a Super Bowl. Of course, you'll take a Super Bowl over an MVP. And I and I think Russell would as well. Yeah, oh yeah. For me, I don't care about MVP. I think it's the dumbest award in the world. First of all, it's a quarterback. Well, I want to just say who's the best quarterback. What, 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 Nick, show me an MVP outside of quarterback. It happens like once every fifteen AP? years. Was that the last? What running yeah, back? AP? AP? Maybe. Uh, I'm trying to think, there's another running back, and you know, was it's, LT? It's, it's LT? kind of like I don't know. The Danny Thomason, I think he got an MVP. He might have. I'm, I'm thinking like Heisman trophies. I think the last defensive guy was Charles Woodson. Mm-hmm. You know, because he did some returning and you know, great defense d- defender that he was. Uh, it, look, it's a quarterback league. It is. So all right, call, call it like you see. So let's stay on the Russell Wilson thing because. You're like Tom Brady at 44, you got to be kidding me, man. I mean, you have got to be kidding. Me. I just hope I'm still playing golf at 44. He's in the league. Yeah, I just turned a number I don't like, but um, <laughs> 44. I mean, I, I'm 16 years older than Tom. For yeah. those who want to do the math on that, I, I it's just 16. He, the guy's still playing football. I'm not just playing. I mean, George Blanda played till he's you know late 40s. He was a kicker. Came in some mop up duty, but he looked. Like he was 44, 48. Actually, he looked like he was 60 mm-hmm. when he was playing. Tom looks like he's 28 years old. He's mature. He's shaking off the offensive coordinates. And no, no, no. And he's right. You know, um, it's me. So, long with it. will Russell Wilson play as long as Tom Brady? I'm going to say no. And I'm going to say no because Russell has so many other things on his plate right now and on his mind that he wants to do. I think that Russell's going to get one more Super Bowl. I really think he's going to, whether it's here or somewhere else, I think he's going to get one more. And I think once he gets that validation, which is going to come before 44, in my opinion, what is he, 32, 33 years old? 32. I think he's going to be out the game. It's like, look, I've done everything. I've got two Super Bowls. Mm. I got a, a pop star wife. I got a beautiful family. I got all these companies and, and businesses going. I'm out the game. I don't think he plays that long. Uh, let me come with an uppercut. Um, <laughs> not a jab, not, not a jab. Uppercut. I'm uppercutting right now, man. We're still in the first inning or se- second uh, round. Um, look, Russell wants this. He wants to be not, not only does he want to play probably the longest. I don't know if that's actually the goal. I know one thing he wants to be the high. He wants to make more money than any player in NFL history. You think he really does? I do. Yeah. And, and it's not just that. I just, he has goals. That's not a, it's not even a selfish goal. It's a goal. Look, he's willing to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. He's willing to put all the hours. And he, he's one of the few people I know that can have a lot of things moving and still produce and focus. Tom Brady can do it, too. But Tom's pretty focused on football because he's got Giselle making, you know, $100 million a year. Mm-hmm. You know, so he can really focus. But, look, Russell's got a wife that, if need to can go make some coin to also. No disrespect to Sierra, but it's, it's different. No, I know. I Look, I, I get Giselle's, you know, she's the top of, or was the top of her game. She's, she makes a ton of dough. Sierra's awesome, but, you know, Sierra, you know, I think she, her priority is still to be a mom and a family yeah. with, with the career. They're, they're a power couple, obviously. For sure. But I, I don't think Russell will because injuries. You know, it's just the law of averages. And, and Tom's still going strong, but he's going to try. <laughs> he's going to do everything he can to okay. play until he's in his mid-40s because it's a goal of his. He's yeah. already said it. And you're tr- you're right. 
What did Pete Carroll say about Russell Wilson? First time he met him, he had a list of goals. Yep. Wrote on a piece of paper. Pete Carroll still has it. So far, he's hit every goal. So I like hey. to talk to Pete and be like, man, did he say like 45 years old before he retires? On we have the clip. We'll we'll, pull, we'll get that clip either for next week or Sunday. I'm sure NASA grabbed that. It's, it's a good one, though. Okay. All right. Monday Night Football with Peyton and Eli is better than the normal Monday Night Football broadcast. Now, before you answer, I'm going to say I didn't get a chance to listen to Peyton and Eli. And listening to our producer, Nasa Chobie, and you, Paul Moyer, I I don't know if I'm going to watch regular Monday Night Football. Y'all go at it. Tell me what you thought. It was, Paul, it was something. I'm a a believer. I'm convinced. I'm flipping over to watch Peyton and Eli every single Monday night. And this is no disrespect to Steve Levy, Brian Greasy, Louis Riddick, Lisa Salters. They're professionals. They do a great job at what they do. But I'm telling you, when you flipped over, and it's two guys who are great at what they do, just talking about ball. They brought in Russell Wilson. They brought in Ray Lewis. They brought in all these pieces to talk about it. And, man, Eli's throwing shade at Peyton. He said, hey, if I gave you two helmets, one is you have ten grand in one, and then a, a helmet full of quarters in the other, which one is worth more? Because it's Peyton's helmet and his big head. So he's just roasting him. So it, trust me, it's great programming. I'm sold on what they're doing. I love it. You know, uh, it's it's entertainment. And so you're right. The Monday night crew, it's just the same old, same old, right? It's just football. They're, they're, they're analyzing the game. You've got this one. It's entertainment about because they had Ray Lewis. You had uh, uh, Russell Wilson on. And there's this one scene. It's awesome. You got Peyton Manning. He's, he puts on a helmet that doesn't fit him. It, it sits right on the top of his forehead. And he's going... Uh, it, it starts calling the play out, and he goes, "Okay, it's two plays, two plays." And he gets up to the line of scrimmage, and, he's, and he's, his hands are going out wide, like you know, uh, like you know, whatever wings. And he goes, "Can, can!" And then Eli goes, "What's can mean?" He goes, "I call two plays." It means can the first one. We're going with the second one. All while the play is going on, so you're getting in the huddle with them, and the entertainment value. It's awesome because on Sundays or, or Mondays, you can go back and watch the regular game. Yeah. This will be the highest rated. Watched piece because the one thing that they did, they brought back um, Howard Cosell, Dandy Don Meredith. They brought an entertainment value. It wasn't just about the game. And that's something to me has been missing for 20 years. It sounds like you're sitting back watching ball with your boys, and there's a couple guys who know a lot about it, and you're just infatuated with what they're saying and how they're saying it. It's all of us, the three of us, upstairs in the conference room watching the, the Seahawks, and we're saying stuff, and I'm screaming, and I get up, <laughs> and I pace, and yes, that's it. It's it. It's awesome. All right. Well, that's pay-per-view content, though, Bob. We, we okay. can't put that out on the air because yeah. we all love the jobs that we do. <laughs> we like our families and whatnot, but it's a great time when we're watching the game up in the studio. That's the kind of stuff that you get from Peyton and Eli on another level, so I'm whoa, all in. Whoa, I'm whoa, sold. Whoa, whoa, hey. whoa. At a level. Nah. Hey, hey, if you guys want to get together and get pay-per-view to, to stream us live, <laughs> we will entertain you. I guarantee you that much. All right, guys. That was Talk That Talk. That was a good one, man. I had fun with that one. Thank you, Nasa Chobie, for joining in on that. Coming up next, we'll go into the film where we're going to break down three plays that we saw this weekend from the Seahawks. That's coming up next on Hawks Live. Hawks Live. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome back to Hawks Live every Thursday right here on 710 ESPN. I'm Michael Bumpus along with Paul Moyer. We are going into the film room. That's when we pick out several plays. We got three today. And we kind of break them down and tell you guys what we saw. There's a lot to talk about with this Seahawks offense that was displayed on Sunday. The first play we're going to break down 
Russell Wilson finds Gerald Everett for a nine-yard touchdown. Russell looking for the snap. Gets it from the shotgun. Now looks. Now steps back. Now fires inside. It's Everett. He dives in. Touchdown, Seahawks. Welcome to Seattle, Mr. Everett. They named a city after you north of Seattle for scoring a touchdown. A nine-yarder, and the Seahawks go on top 13-3. to All right, Paul Moore, this was a beautifully designed play. The defense is in a two-high look. Looks like a soft cover, too. The Seahawks come out in the trips to the right. You got Will Disley inside at the number three spot, Tyler Lockett at the number two, and Gerald Everett outside at the number one. So now we're already seeing things we haven't seen just by the formation. You got a tight end in the slot at number three. You got a tight end outside at number one. You got Lockett in the slot. Now what they do is, let's talk about Disley and Tyler Lockett. They both look like they're running out routes. So that corner who's in the in the flat, he's sitting there looking like, okay, I got an outcome of my way. I'm going to sit right here and wait to blow this thing up. All right, now we have what seems to be an out by Will Disley. Now that that hook-to-curl player is being threatened by Will Disley, he goes, look, I got to respect this right here. I'm going to sit down right here. What they don't know is going to happen is Tyler Lockett turns into a whip. That means he brings it back in after the out. And now Will Disley turns into a prairie route. We used to call it a prairie route, outpost. You go out and you go back up. It holds the safety. And now with all that chaos going on where you're holding guys on that second level and on that third level at the safety, you got Gerald Everett underneath with a slant, opening everything wide open. He catches the ball, dives in the end zone. Well-designed play, Moyer. Yeah, I'm looking. I told you because you're the offense coordinator for Eastside Catholic. I said uh, you might want to put that in the game plan. That is really hard to defend if in. if you're playing a zone for sure, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's really difficult. And they probably thought they were going to get a corner out like Tyler Lockett normally does. He runs the whip instead. You mentioned uh, Will Disley. Disley, first of all, you shouldn't play that defense down in the goal. You should never have a too deep type of look. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's too hard. It's too hard for the safeties to cover that. And a great example is Disley runs kind of a, a bend route, which I we used to call it, where he brings it through the seam back to the post, which occupies a middle linebacker, occupies the safety, which brings Everett underneath. Re- really well-designed play. And by the way, Penny on the far the other side – He's wide open into the flat. He yeah. could have picked three guys that were wide open because that's how tough that, that route was. Beautiful route. Russell saw it. Threw it to Gerald Everett, who is the new addition to this offense. I love it. Yeah, no, it's, it's good stuff. All right, next play we got Russell Wilson finds Tyler Lockett for a 69-yard touchdown. Second down and 20. Russ steps up in the pocket, and he's going to let fly deep downfield. Got a man open. Lockett. 10-5. Stumbles. He's in. Touchdown. Seahawks on a second down and 20 after a sack. Russell Wilson rears back and lets it fly. 69-yard touchdown. Tyler Lockett, his second score of the day. Holy catfish. This offense is explosive. So we talked about – I'm not even talking about the play yet. What did you guys hear? I want you to hear something. Yeah. Where was that game played? I believe it was in Indianapolis. Where did it sound like it was being played? Sound like Red Lumen. It's unbelievable, <laughs> the crowd. They're going nuts on that play. But here's what's so exciting about this team. So for two – almost the whole half, we got, what, 30, 40 seconds left. We got 50 seconds left in the half. It's second and 20. We just had a penalty. <clears throat> which you know moved us back. I'm thinking, all right, maybe we get a field goal. And this is where Russell, all game, he was standing so tall in the pocket. The route was good. I always say, look, as routes get deep, you get past 15, 20 yards, and you now going up against the safety, 
that's just one-on-one. It's no longer a zone. And they mm-hmm. were playing a two-deep zone at the time. Lockett runs what I what he looks like he's going to run a corner out. He ends up bringing it back, just reading the safety. And he splits the two safeties right down the middle. Russell Wilson threw that ball from the 23-yard line and hit Tyler Lockett on the 18-yard line. That's 59 yards in the air, and it was a dime. It yeah. was truly like he took a dime and said, here, <laughs> I'm going to drop it in your hands. It's one of the most remarkable throws. I mean, I don't know if people really talked about how long a throw that was. Most goes are 40, 42, 44 yards. This was 59 yards. Tyler Lockett does what he does. But all game, right, we're, we're five yards. We're 10 yards. We're running it. We do a fly sweep. We've got a, to the tight ends, four passes in a row to get down to the goal line before Everett scored on that. Now we're right before halftime. Boom. We hit him with the big play. And we even ain't had DK Metcalf get involved yet. And you know what's great? Another thing that's great about that play, this is a team sport. On the other, uh, other sideline, other hash, or excuse me, other numbers, you got number 14, DK. And what does Russell do? As soon as he snaps the ball, he looks left. He goes, look, I'm going to pull that safety. You got DK going vertical on the other side. I'm going to hold that safety. I'm going to trust that Tyler Locke is going to sell this corner enough to make the other safety bite and try to go over the top. Hold with my eyes. Throw it to a spot. I trust my guy, Tyler Lockett and Russell Wilson, one of the best deep ball connections in the NFL. Are they playing quarters on this? I think so. Man, I so I'm looking up top thinking it's covered two. So maybe they're playing quarter, quarter, half. Because on the backside, the safety or the corner's definitely getting depth. And then there's two safeties back there. So maybe it's a, a quarter, quarter, half type mm-hmm. of concept. Right, just again, another impressive play. Yep. You know, again, there's, there's a lot more. Coming. A lot more. A lot more. Okay. Last play, we have Daryl Taylor sacks Carson Wentz on fourth down. Wentz from the shotgun has a slot near side. Takes the snap. Has a second. Looks, gets hit, goes down. Ball is going to go back over to the Seahawks. Daryl Taylor comes in from the right side of the offense. Fights right through his man. Wentz never saw him. He got hit and decked. And another sack for the Seahawks. That's three on the game and couldn't come at a better time. Wow. We haven't had this kind of speed rush. Well, probably Frank Clark. And I would even, man, I'm, I don't want to say it yet. I'm, I'm going to hold the, my, my opinion on that. But it's, um, it's that kind of quickness and his strength. I didn't realize he was as big as he is. I mean, he seems like a 6'2", 6'3", 240-pounder. Nope, nope. He's 6'4", 267. Mm. You know, 265 and explosive. And on that play, he'd been speed rushing, speed having some success. He's on the left side. He's got in a three-point stance. He is off the ball so fast. I, I, I don't think any of our other defensive linemen are within two yards of him when he gets to about four or five yards into the backfield. And then the, the, the right defensive tackle, because of the speed, he's on his heels. And the great thing about Daryl Taylor, he's strong enough that he just bull rushed him and put the right tackle on his butt, mm. on his arse, ran over him, and got the sack. You know how hard that is? I, 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 12, I need you to get excited about this <laughs> because this is exciting. We haven't had this kind of guy since Frank Clark, and he's got a different edge to him than Frank as well. Um <laughs> That sometimes our first round picks don't always pan out. If this thing hits the way it looks, Seahawks are geniuses. Yeah, he looks good. You know what? Um, when you play basketball, right? I play AAU. More you might have played. I know Chobi played as well. When you're playing defense, you don't want those those heels to click, right? Your feet are too close together. 
That tackle, them, them heels were clicking. There's no place like home. They were <laughs> clicking. <laughs> I was about to go there. <laughs> got him off balance. That's what you want. He hit him with a one-two step. We call that the hezzy. Got him off balance. Pushed him. Sat him down. This is going to be on his career highlight tape. I said, I don't know if we said it earlier. We were talking before. Um, I, I think he has a chance to get 10 sacks, too. Okay. I, I think you got a chance. Rasheem Green, you know, 8 to 10. You know, it depends on how much playing time they get. From an ability standpoint, they both have, and I think you're going to see them are lead guys on the edge, and then you throw in Hyder, and you're going to get Dunlap at times to throw them inside in passing situations. Mayoa, we're, we're deep. We get to rotate people. It's going to be a fun defense. Going to be a fun defense. All right, that's Gerald Everett for a 9-yard touchdown. Tyler Lockett, 69-yard touchdown, and Daryl Taylor, Sex Carson Wentz on fourth down. Big plays being made. All right, when we return, we will go around the NFL right here on Hawks Live. Hawks live every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome back to Hawks Live. I'm Michael Bumpus here with Paul Moyer. Now we are going to go around the NFL and, man, weird times for the Green Bay Packers. Is it done in Green Bay? Aaron Rodgers comes out. He's struggling. He doesn't play well. 15 to 28, 133 yards, two touchdowns. Though it just doesn't look the same to get beat down 38 to three by the Saints. Should everyone just R E L A X relax? Are the real problems going on in Green Bay now? Former Green Bay Packer Jermichael Finley had some words to say about Aaron Rodgers. I played with 12 for uh, several years, and once again, I'm not bashing my guy. He's, he's a hell of a a quarterback, but once again, he's a quarterback that doesn't never take blame for himself. He's that guy, if I throw the ball to the receiver, he's got to catch it wherever it's at. Uh, he's not a guy, if you go into the uh, into the film room and he, he made a bad pass, he's not that guy that's going to raise his hand and say, oh, that's my bad. He's going to make sure make sure that the coaches know that uh, it, that's all on you. I got the ball there, you got to catch the ball. So he's, he's not a leader in that aspect of, of this game. Now, that was on the Keyshawn J. Will and Max radio show this weekend. <laughs> they talk about diva receivers. That quarterback sounds like he needs to take some accountability. He's got, he's got one more thing to say about Aaron Rodgers. I'm not a hater. I'm just I'm looking out, actually. I just want the guys to do their best and play Cocker football. And uh, I think Love is going to be ready for the job here pretty soon. So can't, can't wait to see the youngster play. Love is going to be ready for the job, but Rodgers, like to be fair to Aaron Rodgers, just came off arguably his best season. They were in the NFC Championship game. He threw 40 touchdowns against like negative 10 interceptions, whatever it was. Do you think he fell off that quickly? Bro, that's the National Football League. Uh, each offseason, you got work like it's the last season. And I just don't see a work ethic in Aaron Rodgers that I have in previous years. Now, Rodgers said relax back in the day. I'm going to tell people what my wife says to my kids. She's, she's Latin. Calmate. Means calm down. One game out of 17, Moyer. It's not over for this man. He didn't practice, right? He didn't show up when he was supposed to. He's going to be rusty. I don't care if you are a Hall of Famer. You got to get acclimated. You got to get on, get some chemistry with your receivers. I don't think it's over. I don't think we're going to see Jordan Love anytime this year. I don't want to kick a man when he's down either. And, look, I think Aaron Rodgers still has a great arm. He's proven to be a fantastic quarterback. You know during the game I'm watching it, and I'm going – God, he would drive me nuts because he throws off his back foot all the time. He didn't yeah. want to get hit. You know, I mean, I'm watching Russell Wilson now take on a whole new role where he says, I'm standing tall in this pocket. I, You know, I, I believe in it. 
I just, I've always felt Aaron doesn't love the game. You know, he's just out there. He goes, yeah. And I think in this offseason, I think the only thing he did was yoga. And yoga's <laughs> nice. It's nice. Learn Pilates. I, Pilates. Uh, Wait, we had Cody Barton, which, by the way, I'm going to do both. <laughs> but in the NFL, you better be lifting some weights. Yoga's not going to get it done on itself. Not, not a chance. I look at, he looks skinny. He looks like he just came back from a trip from Hawaii going up into the mountains, which he did, and going through all these waterfalls with his soon-to-be wife and friends. That's what he looked He looked like a guy who said, I'm going to enjoy my offseason, and when I get there, I'll be ready for you all. You all work your butt off as a team. That's my issue with it. I think what Finley was saying, great quarterback, you mm-hmm. know, during that time. That, that's not the issue. It's just when you start putting priorities ahead – and you're playing at the, the the top of level. I mean, there's no no you can't get higher than the NFL in football. You better give that kind of effort. And if you don't, this is what you see. And again, will they write the shit? I'm sure. I mean, he's 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 crazy good. But I, you're now in a locker room. If he doesn't take accountability, which I've heard that too, he's not, he's that guy's like, don't look at me. I got the ball over there. You know, anywhere within that halo, you know, your arm stretch, yeah. you better catch that. I, I'm not a fan of Aaron. Never have been. Never will be. I think he's a good quarterback. The sooner he leaves the league, won't bother me. Oh, won't bother Paul no. Moore. You know, I don't. I'm not a fan of Aaron Rodgers. I appreciate his greatness. I know he's going to go down no. as one of the best to do it. You mentioned him throwing off his back foot. He's been doing that since he's been in the league. That's kind of kind of what he does. And I think we're seeing the result of him not preparing the way he usually does. And. But I also think he's good enough, like you mentioned, to get this thing right. I don't see the Packers losing 10 games this year and being pathetic and horrible. He's 6-0 and after losses with Lafleur. Am I saying his name right? Lafleur. Lafleur. All right, so he's going to bounce back. I think he will be okay. I hope they don't. You hope they don't. When the reason why? They've been a nemesis to us, man. Yeah. They've, they've been tough. So get, let's just get them out. Go ahead and lose six games in a row. All right, let's talk about the NFC West. The NFC West won every game played last week with a combined yeah. score of 144 to 76. This is the best division of football, folks. You want to watch some good football, you just turn on the Cardinals, the Rams, the Hawks, and the Niners. And you will see some good football. Who? Another guy who believes in that is a 49er tight end, one of the best tight ends in the game, George Kittle. I mean, I've been saying that for a minute there, Max. Uh, NFC West, man, we got a lot of people out there, you know, from, you know, Cardinals got Kyler Murray, they got DeAndre Hopkins, they got Chandler Jones, Buda Baker, Rams have Aaron Donald. I mean, that's that's pretty good in, in by itself. <laughs> um, and the Seahawks are always just bringing it with Russell Wilson. So, I mean, like, you got guys, you know, everywhere. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, they got to go against our defense and Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead and Fred Warner. And, uh, you know, we, we have a lot of guys in there that can make a lot of plays, and I think our offense is going to continue to keep rolling. And, um, the one thing that we do better than I think anyone else in our division is run the damn ball, and that's what we're going to continue to do and, uh, you know, be violent and be physical every single week. Mm. Mm. I love him. Me too. Because he talks it and he backs it up. The difference between Aaron Rodgers and him, you know, <laughs> it's just I, I want to go play with Kittle, just the way he talks. You know, Aaron Rodgers makes me want to go, I don't want to play with this guy, even though he's he's great. I, I agree. It's, it's not. There's no question this is the toughest division. and And it's not just – the teams, man, everybody's good on both sides of the ball now. Mm-hmm. I mean, Arizona, you say, eh, not a great defense. You know, Kyle Murray, maybe not the most accurate guy. Well, guess what? He's accurate. He's faster than he's ever been. Their defense is good. They got everybody back throwing, you know, Chandler Jones and, and Watt and, and all the guys that he just mentioned. 
I still think we're the best team because we got the best quarterback in the league. And we've got Jamal Adams, and we got Bobby Wagner, and we've got uh, Taylor or uh, Daryl Taylor, and we've got we got some players too now on both sides of the ball. DK, we've got tight ends. So yeah, I'll, I'll match our star power with theirs any day. Okay, real quick, Matthew Stafford. Now he was twenty to twenty six, three hundred twenty one yards, three touchdowns. Is this just a a one game where he? kind of just flourish and win against the Chicago Bears team that's been struggling over the past couple of years, or is this guy for real? Who did they play? The Bears. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, who was their quarterback? A guy named Andy Dalton. Andy. Yeah, that just strikes fear in you, doesn't it? Now, they do have a good defense. I give them credit for what they did offensively. We know that's a good scheme, and we're now playing a lot of what, what they do. I just got to feeling about the Rams, man. I go, if there's the one team, they may finish last in this league. Really? In, in our division. I'm sorry, not in the league. Um, look, I, I'm not saying they're going to go 6-11. and 11. That's so weird. 6-11. and 11. No, I didn't say that wrong. 17 games. But there's just something. I don't know. I don't know if they quite have the star power at wide receiver. They've got a lot of injuries at running back. Uh, we'll see. But, yeah, it was just one game. Man, they have one of the best receivers in the league to me who does get enough love, Who's Cooper that? Cup. No, I agree. At seven receptions, 108 yards, one touchdown. That dude is a route runner. I remember because my son played at Cal Poly, Big Sky. So, you know, followed the Big Sky, Eastern Washington. I remember wa- we played him two or three – actually, I think we played him three years in a row. Man, I wanted the Seahawks to draft him. I go, you'll get him in a second round. I mean, he's not a first-round guy. Mm-hmm. I go, you get a second if you really want. Maybe third. You know, I mean – I think he got drafted in the second. Did he get second round? I think yeah. it was second round. Either way, when he went to the Rams, I went, uh-oh. They got – he was third-round pick. I went, uh-oh. They got a gamer. Mm-hmm. Guy makes plays all over the field. Doesn't matter if it's FCS, FBS, NFL. He's going to be successful, and he has been. Yes, he has been. You know what's been successful? This this show, man. I love hanging out with you on Thursdays, man. Always, man. Always. Always. All right, when we return, we'll give you our final thoughts and the keys to victory – Right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome back to Hawks Live. Last segment of the show. I'm Michael Bumpus with Paul Moyer as usual. Every Thursday, 7 to 9, we're wrapping this thing up. Hey, guys, it's going to be different this Sunday getting into the game. Uh, For vaccinated fans, you have to show a hard copy of the CDC vaccination card or a photo of their card or a digital version displayed on their phone. A printout of a digital version is good as well. Fans can also upload their vaccine card to the Clear Health Pass in the Clear app. Unvaccinated versions. They must take a COVID-19 test within 72 hours prior to kickoff. They can display a printed out copy of their negative test result or short email or digital result on their phone. Tests can be PCR or rapid tests as long as the results are verified by a lab. At-home kits that aren't verified by, by a lab will not be accepted. Tests are widely available. Visit doh.wa.gov slash COVID-19 for a list of testing locations across the state. Children under 12s, you do not need to show a negative test. Reminder on masks. Fans will be required to wear masks at all times except when actively eating or drinking regardless of vaccination status as it is required for large events by current state and local mandates. It'll be different. Get there. We still need you there. It's going to be loud. Show up. Let's make it happen. I wonder if they can make a mask that makes it louder. (laughs) (laughs) A little amplifier on the mask. Well, I'm thinking there could be something there for us, Bump. We may need to go and and create something. Just expose it. It's just that that part's (laughs) weird to me. But it'll, it'll be loud regardless. 
Uh, you know, again, it'll be exciting. It's supposed to be a little wet. It's perfect time for the Seahawks. Yep. You know, we we play well at home, and particularly when it's raining. And uh, I'm I'm looking forward to this game. I think it's going to be electric. I think it's going to be a good game. I think that you cannot look at the stats from last week when you look at the Tennessee Titans and say, "Oh, it's going to be an easy win." That's fool's gold for you right there. You got to understand they have one of the best running backs in the lead. League and Derrick Henry rushed for 2,000 yards, 17 touchdowns last year. They bring over Julio Jones, who in seven games rushed for, excuse me, received for 700 yards. Uh, you still got A.J. Brown, who went for over 1,000 yards and 11 touchdowns. They have some weapons. So what must you do? Get to the quarterback like Chandler uh, Jones did. It's easy, right? Five sacks. Easy. <laughs> we don't have a Chandler Jones. And I. it's not, again, not a negative. I mean, Chandler, just his size and what he's capable of doing, he's a guy that can whoop any man, one man on his own. But we got a lot of good players. Yeah. And we've got two guys right now coming off the edge in Machine Green as well as uh, Daryl Taylor that got this quickness that gives you that edge that makes the tackles go, that's a problem. We have to account for those guys. And I keep saying it. We haven't brought Jamal Adams in. Remember, he had a sack right off the bat. Mm-hmm. They called offsides on him. He wasn't, at least in my opinion. Um, I thought he timed that beautifully. He's in the mix. We haven't even really blitzed Bobby. I think they were a couple times uh, as well. And then all the other guys we've talked about from Mayo to Hyder to Dunlap. Um, I'm, I know I'm forgetting people. And that's – I didn't used to forget people last year. <laughs> I knew who the pass rushers were. We we have a, a plethora of them, and it's a, it's a good problem they have. I think it's going to be a tough game, though. Look, you got Julio Jones and the guys you've just mentioned. Plus, they got a really good tight end. I hope we go up seventeen to nothing mm-hmm. or twenty four to six like they did, and we force them to throw the ball. I really believe what the Seahawks did last week against Indianapolis. Same game plan. I know you got Julio. We we can match up with Julio. We got some size on there. Um, we just got to force them to throw it because I think their offensive line is struggling enough that we we can get pressure, some turnovers, things like that. So that's that's my game plan. If you know, shut Henry down like they did last week. Uh, you know, keep him under seventy yards. I think you know we win this game. Man, one of the key phrases I used to hear growing up and playing ball is gap integrity. Right? If you have the B gap, you get in the B gap. You got the A gap, you get the A gap. Because at the line of scrimmage, if you can make Derrick Henry make a move and shuffle, that's not his game. He's not a Barry. He's not a, a Kamara. He's a downhill type of guy. If, if you make him go east or west right now at the line of scrimmage, you have a chance. That's what I saw the Arizona Cardinals do. Is They, they made him second guess. Quick feet. That's not his game. He wants to hit the hole, get to the second level, open up his stride, and then off to the races like you just – Runs high. There you go. So let me ask you something because when I was growing up, uh, Earl Campbell, mm-hmm. I always said, wow, if I was in the NFL, I, I don't know if I want to tackle him. Uh, Eric Dickerson, same mm-hmm. age as me, came out uh, in 83, my first year. Didn't play him much, but he was a guy also that I go, okay, going into that game, uh, I'm going to have to have a different mentality yeah. along the way. Um, I'm just curious, you know, maybe defensively some guys that you, know, you were thinking about, but I think of Derrick Henry as one of those running backs, mm-hmm. whereas a defensive guy right now, the Seahawks are going, I have, to have a different mentality in this game. He's so big, he's so strong, he's so fast. For that size, I can't treat him even like Taylor from last week against Indianapolis. I can't treat him like any other running back in this league because there's no other running back in this league like him. Yeah. So, I, can't, I can't think of anybody. No, there's only one Derrick Henry. Definitely only one Derrick Henry, especially in a time where the game is 
shifting towards the smaller, quicker, do-it-all type running backs. Where Derrick Henry is like, look, man, don't line me up in the slot. Don't don't motion me outside. I, I'm right here. I'm going downhill. You ever watched uh, the Little Giants? That sh- that movie, Little yeah, Giants. Yeah. You know, uh, I forgot the sure. kid's name. Uh, the running back for uh, for Dallas back on that team, and he was like, "Bo, I'm downhill." <laughs> <laughs> That's what Derrick Henry is. If you let him get downhill, you let him get to that second level. There are going to be some problems. So guys like Daryl Taylor and Rasheem Green, who had good games, they're going to have to back it up this week. And I think they're up for the challenge. I think this is a defense that. Show that they're tough, but they're going to get tested right here early. And then in the secondary, um, we have Trey Flowers, we have DJ Reed, we have Ugo Amadi, Marquise Blair in the slot trying to figure things out. They're going to be tested as well. Derrick Henry, six foot three, 240 pounds, ran a four, five, four, whatever. That's fast enough. What's amazing for his size is how many big, long runs he's had. Yes. You know, just carrying people on his back, you know, like they're children. So, you know, again, I mean, we're. You know, or they have this guy named Julio Jones too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was pretty good. Yeah, they're they're loaded there. And now offensively, I'm excited to see the next chapter, right? The next page, week two. How do you build off of that jet sweep? Uh, what do you what do you do underneath the Tyler Lockett? And you when you show him that the defense that corner post. You know, when you're in the red zone and you're in that trips formation and they're they're watching film, hey, check this, check this. You're in the same formation. You got Disley in the slot at the number three spot, Lockett and Gerald Everett. This defense is going to be saying, watch out for this play. Watch out for that play. What wrinkle are you going to have off of that? That's what I'm excited to see. How is Shane going to stay creative? I think you're going to get a big dose of running the football. I do. I think we're going to put the big boy pads on. You look, Bradley McDougal, who's been out. Um, they had uh, an injury uh, for, to to their safety. He's going to be starting this week. Good safety, kind of more of a free safety to me. A yeah. guy can run on the slot. I know he played strong safety here for us, but um, you know, you, you do some dose of that. They're 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 banged up in the secondary. You know, so you take your shots. Also, I don't know. Here's the beauty. I said at the beginning of the show. I don't know what we're going to run. Which is different than the last proven. 10 years. Call us now right. at 206-800-8000. And, uh, yeah, I just I wanted to get that 800 number out while, while we could. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I think it, this is one of those. I mean, it could be a dose of fly sweeps. It could be a mm-hmm. dose of tight ends and screens. And I, I think every game going into it now, we're going to go, I don't know. You know, it's just you know, it, he's going to mix it around and someone's going to have a big day. Well, we talked to uh, Joe Rexbro. For the Titans, and he gave us some names to look after. Uh, number eighty-six, the tight end. I get it. I didn't get his name. I'm sorry about that. Chester Rogers is a guy to look after, and then Josh Reynolds as well. So yeah. you got those big names out there, the Julios, the Browns, and um, Derek Henry. But there's always some guys who you don't know who are going to make plays. And for the Titans, are probably looking. The fans for the Titans are looking like, who's Daryl Taylor? You know, he had a sack. Who's that? Who's Rasheem Green? You know, he had a sack. So you role players, man, step up. Let's make a play. I think they will. I mean, we talked about it coming into this season. We need the young guys to step up and, and the second-year players, third-year players to be something special, and it's been a good start to the season already. Good start to the season. Good start to Hawk Talk. Or excuse me, Hawks Live. I'm here with Michael Bumpus. A special thanks to Joe Rexroad, Kyle Fuller, and John Clayton for joining the show and our board operator, Nick Kratia. The Seahawks pregame show was live this Sunday starting at 10 a.m. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Bumpus, with Paul Moyer. We'll be back next week right here on Hawks Live. Big ups to Nasa Chobie, our producer as well.